2: hey everybody it's your straw hat wearing rubbery is all rubber balls holden mcneely
3: and it is i your fishman bruiser jake I am have, have a
2: man, but also a fish. He is covered in, in oily water right now, I can attest. He wanted to, quote unquote, get into character for the podcast, and I said, Jake, it's not a character thing. You're supposed to be yourself at the end of the day. No. Why are you covered in fish I'm nuts? a
3: flounder. <laughs> I have all the abilities of a flounder.
2: Yo, know, everybody, it is our One Piece episode, and I'm so excited to do it. And Dude. this one goes out to our patron, Michael Bortness. Michael, thank you so much because honestly, you opened up a whole new world. You've
3: opened up a Grand Line, a Blue Line, oh a God. West Sea. C- Uh, so, Holden, this is the number one thing that, uh, blew my mind.
2: Really quick, he dedicates this episode to his favorite pickled bread, Amber. Okay, take it away, Jake. Uh,
3: I thought we were just gonna cover an anime, because as I've been an anime fan for, like, my entire life at this point, and uh, you know there, you got your Dragon Ball you mm-hmm. got your Bleach you got your oh, Naruto yeah. ooh, and ooh. and One Piece is also there. One Piece yes, is also up it's there. It's in there but it's
2: it is so intimidating. It has always been so intimidating to me. I see the still shots of the giant pirate crew and they all look crazy. There's like a big weird skeleton man and a fucking guy with a straw hat and a, a, a dude with a weird mask with a really long weird nose and everybody looks nuts. I
3: mean sometimes the mask sometimes it's just his fucking weird just face. Just his
2: fucking weird face which is also weird and I've just been like okay I I'd like to check this out What? 800 fucking how many episodes how 800 many you
3: dumbass they're up to they're well into the 900 it's are in the 900s a, right they're gonna hit a thousand it is
2: obscene um, no so here's
3: here's here was my like third eye opening much like putting saba in the latest uh arc um <laughs> this is my third eye opening moment when i realized that like one piece ...to anime is like sci- like Star Wars to science fiction. Ah. It's like Harry Potter to fantasy. It is like, okay, yes, technically it's within this genre, but it is so epic. Yes. And its fan base is so loyal. Yes. And its world building is so complete And its singular vision. It is amazing world building. That it is a column unto itself. I, you cannot, like, there are people in the, uh, this is like, a, you must have come across this statistic, uh, in Japan... The like even though One Piece has been running for twenty years, or I think next year it hits twenty, in Shonen Jump, um the people that actually read it are like eighty percent over eighteen. These are the same fans yeah. that like picked it up in the first place. It uh-huh. is it is a separate fucking obelisk from anime. Yes. There are you like you could be uh, like into sports, you could be a businessman, you can be uh, a religious leader, you could fucking hate anime and still turn around and just be like, but I fucking love One Piece. <laughs> it's like it's that it's that ubiquitous.
2: Because it it's so funny, I, I spent the whole time. I mean, it's one of uh, uh, Oda's who who wrote who wrote the thing created the whole thing. It's one of his biggest inspirations is Dragon Ball Z and the whole time I'm like digging into it watching episodes reading about everything about his process and everything and I'm constantly comparing it to Dragon Ball Z and it is just on a n- whole other level I mean just this point blank right mm-hmm. just as just I feel like because I feel like that made me be like oh I get it because I was jumping around episodes right mm-hmm. going through you know trying to pick one out of every fucking 200 of them to watch while I was home for Christmas by the way I'm dating myself we just got back from the holidays and Dragon Ball you throw on any any random Dragon Ball episode, you're probably going to see a big, uh, the same looking kind of background, mm-hmm. the same looking kind of big rocky landscape, the same scenario, just a, a group of individuals standing around, all kind of facing off together, fighting one primary evil dude that they're all sort of trying to take on. And there's deviations, and there's other things that they do. There's other planets they go to, and things like that. But for the most part, that's what you're going to see. Every single One Piece <laughs> episode was insanely different. On a completely different looking uh, uh, island or world, it mm-hmm. seemed. Even though it's all in the same world, with insanely different design, the character design is unreal. Like mm-hmm. just the even just the people in the background, they they aren't even in the in the main characters. Are just have these wild designs, these amazing, incredibly. Uh, just intricate design. I mean, it's it, on a different planet from Dragon Ball where he would literally make the enemy, uh, like the main villain, morph just so that he could design something simpler. Mm-hmm. I feel like Oda goes out of his way to make every design of every character as grand and, and insane as he possibly can. Um, and 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 the scenario that's happening, they're in a flashback, they're, they're world building they're in they're in an auction house they're in a they're in an insane you know they're they're in in a tree of knowledge they're they're in a completely different environment with a completely different arc plot line that does not feel like the last episode i saw whatsoever and whatever arc that was a part of and it just all it just is wholly unique the man does not sleep It is the most prolific. Hey, 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 hey. He sleeps exactly three hours hours. every day. He's gotten better about that apparently, but you can tell. There is so, it just seems, I'm exhausted just looking at it. There's so much work going into this thing that makes it, like, whereas you can see corners getting cut in Dragon Ball. Mm -hmm. You can see corners getting cut in in even Naruto and stuff like that, but you do not, it, it is, like, unreal. We have to talk about, like, it's, we have,
3: it's 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 something that I heard like I would always hear as like a throwaway line, but it's only after doing the research that like uh uh Jack Kirby, um mm-hmm. Rob Liefeld, mm-hmm. Bill Waterson, oh, yeah. all of these like legendary comic artists that like contributed to the art form and elevated it to a, a higher level, Ichiro Oda
2: is up there. He is one of the oh, gods
3: yeah. of putting art in boxes to tell a
2: story. Oh my goodness. It is in incredible that the 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 art artistry that goes into this thing um one piece by the way I feel like because uh I didn't necessarily know much about this uh manga and anime going into it and I feel like we should explain for anybody listening to this who does not have really much of an idea of what one piece is one piece is by the way a pirate. Uh, manga slash anime, right? It is, about, it is about a world of pirates. It's mostly like an ocean world. Um, the uh, best
3: way I kind of could hear, uh, the best description I ever heard was, what if those like old-timey maps of the world where there were like sea monsters and sheer cliffs where countries just ended and like backwards geography and mermaids and monsters everywhere. What if that was just actually the world?
2: Yeah. and You know what I, I thought too? What if the world was just a giant Japan? Mm. You know? Oh, if, well, yeah, it's actually... That's right? A, yeah. If the world was just a giant Japan, it's just like one strip of land, like around, uh, you know, one circumference strip of land, and then the rest is just ocean, yeah. right? Um. Uh. And, and we should summarize. Uh. The main character his name is Monkey D. Luffy, which is ridiculous ass. Luffy. And he's a ridiculous ass looking protag. He does not look like a protagonist, right? Yeah, in he it, does. He absolutely is like
3: a good shonen boy.
2: He now now that I've seen him in action and stuff, I totally believe it. But he's like he's a a lanky guy with a straw hat. He's got crazy eyes. He just, does, it, 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 when I first look at him, I don't it's, think, it's oh, true. that's the After protagonist After the time of skip, the everyone
3: got like kind of ripped.
2: Yeah, yeah, Like all the dudes true. got
3: more ripped. Even Usopp got like got fucking guns ripped. now. And uh, all the female characters became these like way ridiculous. weird Barbie
2: dolls. Yeah, way ridiculous. But, uh, that was uh, interesting to watch the show uh, quote unquote evolve <laughs> in that sense. But him and his crew of pirates are searching for the ultimate treasure called One Piece. One Piece is this... Um, just end all be all. It was, uh, uh, essentially there was a pirate king named Goldie Roger. Yes. Goldie Roger. And he was executed at one point in time. And right before he died, I forget the exact uh, words, but he essentially says my treasure, you can have it. It's hidden, um, somewhere on, on this planet. And, and it, it started the age of the pirates. There are all these pirates getting into the pirate game, looking for the ultimate treasure called One Piece in order to become the next Pirate King, and that is Monkey D. Luffy. You know, it was based on, on a trying- uh, true story. Really?
3: Yeah. Uh, there was a uh, French pirate called Olivier Lavusser, who was known as La Labus La for the buzzard, and uh, right before he was about to be executed, he flung a cryptogram, like a, crypt- like a fucking Zodiac-coded note, into the crowd and said, like, you can you can find my treasure if you solve this <laughs> even though some of his crew did recover it. there are still like people that are out there searching for the hidden treasure of la Boose.
2: uh and so yes that 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 is the whole kind of basis for the show. And it is, uh, yeah, and and then there's other things mixed in. Monkey D. Luffy, he's got powers, the abilities uh, of rubber essentially. He can stretch his arms way far out, and he can even take bullets, and they just bounce right off of him essentially.
3: But uh, he has uh, two weaknesses. He can be cut with blades, mm. which uh, is kind of amazing because, like, as the series goes on, like, si- like big hits, like, survive on his character as scars. Mm. Uh, He has, like, the scar on his cheek from the first chapter when, as a kid, to prove how badass he uh, he is to join a pirate crew. He stabs himself in the face. (laughs) Um, He has this huge X-shaped scar on his chest left over from, like, this giant uh, war arc that happened. Uh, Like, scars from, like, when fishmen bit into him. Uh, It's it's persistent. Like, injuries still
2: matter. Uh, Also, he cannot swim. Ah, uh, yes, but that is because anyone who gets a power by eating a devil fruit, devil fruit's a very important part of the show, if you eat a devil fruit and get a special power like Monkey D. Luffy did by getting uh, eating the uh, gum gum fruit. Uh, uh, Yo, ho, ho,
3: he took a bite of gum gum.
2: It'll give you special power. Different devil fruits do different things. The gum gum gives you the stretchy stretch. Uh, there's uh, other fruits that make, maybe make you uh, be able to breathe fire or something like that. These are very rare fruits, by the way, but if you do eat one, though, you do get an awesome badass special power that generally will set you above the rest you will not be able to swim which is a bad scenario <laughs> in an for anyone in a giant ocean world and i i mean really most of the world is uh water like pretty much all of it is water so the gum gum fruit thing uh is another way where it's uh it kind of
3: elevates from the dragon ball uh kind of uh uh, uh formula ah. uh and it kind of takes more of a jojo kind of switch to it because uh a lot of the the kind of battles that happen because there is a lot of fighting this is a battle shonen uh series uh is about like kind of judging the strengths of your opponent trying to figure out the limits of their abilities and how best to leverage your ability against the other. so Mm -hmm. it's kind of this weird um you know like i said like it's a jojo thing it's like two people with bonkers powers not necessarily fighting over who has the bigger power level but who can, like, utilize their weird powers the most. And the way that Oda has kind of taken the bubblegum, stretchy power thing and evolved it into, like, 18 different layers of, like, power-ups for Luffy is kind of amazing. Whereas, like, um, where, uh, you know, Naruto and uh, and uh, Bleach, uh, you know, the characters just get cooler looking the more they power up. Uh-huh. Like, uh, Luffy will actually, like, get, like, really disgorged and like get goofier looking the more powerful he becomes because he has to just like stretch and morph and expand his body in all these weird ways to like keep up with everything uh then on top of that like again this is a thousand uh chapters uh they introduce stuff like martial arts techniques like Uh chi and chakra and all that and then on top of that they add hockey which is this other kind of spiritual energy Mm -hmm. and different characters can use hockey in different ways um the fight choreography, I will say, is not as intense as kind of the more uh, martial arts-based shows. Sure. Like, um, like Naruto. Like Naruto. Naruto's fight choreography is amazing. Yeah, that's uh, that's
2: got the best. I mean, but it's still probably a step above maybe Dragon Ball with just the...
3: Just even kinda. Dragon Ball, Bo- because uh, I, I, I'd call it this way. The fights in One Piece are more slugfests.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like once... There's, and they're Jojoy in the sense some of the ones I watched are more like, I have this ability, yeah. you have this ability, and it's more it's like a puzzle fight, kinda like JoJo does. It's the like there's the puzzle fights, but when it always comes
3: down to Luffy and the big bad just fucking slugging it out, uh-huh, and it's yeah. just a battle of wills and ideals. And because Oda is such a good writer you know exactly the motivations of the villain that got them to that point. Yes. And you know the exact motivations of the heroes and the allies and what they're exactly defending. It is never just like, you are the bad guy, kapow. This is, the, he, it's about justice and
2: willpower. He does an amazing job with motivation, and he and he is very liberal with flashbacks. It is yes. It is very much a show about – um, here's the situation presented to you and, and it's kind of a mystery and now let's go back and show you and you're going to enjoy this flashback just as much as you would the present. We do not shy away from that The sort
3: heroes get flashbacks. The villains get flashbacks. The goons get flashbacks. <laughs> the helper NPCs get
2: flashbacks. I had a flashback. I spent a, a couple, I spent like five minutes in kindergarten while I was watching one of the shows. Um, <laughs> and uh, just the
3: show came along at like a perfect time where Shonen Jump was kind of like in the
2: lurch after some
3: major series.
2: I guess the the manga before even the yeah. show. But yeah, Shonen Jump's the magazine it, it uh, appear, Which appeared Which we've, we've covered in a couple of other... Yes, I'm not necessarily going to go over the history of the Shonen Jump. Uh, I hope that's okay, but I will. Uh, very soon we'll get into the history of Irico... Uh, ha- okay, that was Hispanic, I think, what I just said. Ichiro it, it Oda? Eh? Eh? E. e? E? Chi? Chi? Ro? Ro? Ajiro Oda. I'm yeah. just going to call him Oda. Uh, we will be getting into the full history of Oda and how he came to formulate this idea. And I love learning about manga artists as uh, in relation to how much I've learned about, you know, DC Marvel guys coming up. Because they have their own hierarchy struggles um you know wild attempts in the industry it's very similar but it's just on a completely different continent um
3: before we like launch into our just straight up like history dump uh <laughs> when you were watching when you were like trying to get a feel for the series what were some of the imagery or some of the characters that stood out to you the most? Because, like, everyone has a favorite.
2: Yes, 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 yes. Well, definitely, immediately, you've got uh, how badass Zoro is. And it's definitely one of those where I'm like, oh, if I, if I was watching this in high school, <laughs> Zoro would be my fucking dude. He's got a sword in his mouth and then, like, multiple. <laughs> and he's always cool as a cucumber with his dope green hair. Definitely him. Definitely Buggy the Clown Pirate. How the fuck would I not be into a dude named Buggy the Clown Pirate? You know interviews
3: uh oda confirmed that he can remove his
2: penis with the use of his uh double fruit ability <laughs> dude that he is phenomenal just the design and everything um also the way that he's like such a fuck up yes it's very relatable yes like he's
3: like there's in a it, like the guy manages to like stick around w- it's way past the point where his like quote-unquote power level
2: should have left him in the dust a- exactly um who's the guy that He's kind of a throwaway, but I just love the design of him offhand. He was the, he's like Senor Baby or something. Oh, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Pink. Mr. Pink rules. Um, Also, uh, definitely when I first just look at, I can't, uh, I don't have the name offhand, but the the weird slender skeleton man with the black afro. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) so awesome. Like, just that design is so phenomenal. Red-haired Shanks immediately was. Shanks, oh, God. When When they
3: bring Shanks back, it is. Ugh, it's so good
2: and um uh big mom
3: big mom freaks me out <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I went on anything that's did over did you watch the to latest episode on crunchyroll because no. they're deep in like big they're mom is big like mom. in full boss mode I and it's it.
2: just fucking terrifying uh uh yeah yeah that so those are just a few just looking and a lot of them too for me un- unfortunately i wasn't able to just like watch these full arcs because yeah. i mean yeah but, uh, 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 you know, that's because that's hours of shit. And I just like I will. But I will say this. It definitely made me want to go and sit down and watch all that. I do feel like I will at least pick up an arc, you know, at some point, you know, and really thoroughly watch is, through it.
3: it. It almost lends itself to binges because, mm-hmm. like, I've never continuously followed one piece. I just like somehow on a quiet afternoon just wandered onto like one of those giant illegal manga dumping sites Mm -hmm. and then just like started idly clicking on the latest chapter being like, wait, who's this? Go back a couple chapters and then just lose a day to this fucking series. Yeah. And then I'll like kind of forget about it, then hear the internet buzz up again. I'll be like, I gotta see what the fuck this
2: Don Quixote guy's all about.
3: Oh, this fucking rules.
2: Yes, yeah. I was about to mention him as well. How about you? Yeah, yeah. For you. What what do you um, know? it was. Uh,
3: I remember following it in the beginning, where they were just kind of getting their sea legs, so to speak.
2: I oh, I love the pirate woman too in that first epi- episode or two. the 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 crazy lady pirate that just gets her ass kicked. She the big fat one. Yeah. The oh big fat. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they? Aren't they? Aren't all the mean lady pirates or the mean lady villains probably big and fat? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um. The uh, I forgot her name. Shit.
3: Um, there's a thousand characters. That's here.
2: the thing, and and most of the ones that I that turn that, that turn my eye are just like some weird ass looking dude behind the main. Vi- <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like just one of the random ass pirate goons. Mm. You know, Red Hair Shanks has that big fat guy with the turkey leg in <laughs> the green. I love the look of that guy. I just think he's hilarious. It's looking.
3: like it's like someone taught Oda the uh, distinctive silhouette rule of character design, and he would just like burned it into his fucking chest cavity. Yeah. No and nobody's the same shit. the women. The women are the same shape. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I'm not like on a fucking crusade. It's just very funny. <laughs> um the uh the uh Ina's lobby arc uh where they kind of uh kind of bring in the world government as the big bad guy mm-hmm, and all mm-hmm. the fucking philosophical complications about that yes is fucking amazing. Yes. Um and uh yeah the CP nine where uh, it was the first time I feel like the entire crew was together, and even though they were on the top of their game, they met like a force that was like too badass for them, and it, it just had a lot of really good clashes. Even when Kaku, they... I like Kaku with his weird nose that's different from Usopp's nose.
2: That just reminds me of even when they. Um... Even though the show is so much about its moments of levity and moments of action, and so much of it is humor mixed with action in that wonderful way, and that, tragedy. That, but I was about to say, but like Dra- Dragon Ball really nailed it, right? And I think you can see the inspiration there in terms of tone, tonal shifts, the way they handle tragedy. I've seen some of the episodes I've seen are as incredible, like really strong drama in this show. There was this one, okay. Um, I'm never gonna keep all these characters together but she's uh, a part of the crew black hair right Nico Robin yes her backstory oh my god Um, it, that episode with where she is sort of forced by a world government member to, to leave she spared her life but that giant carries uh, gets frozen to death by the by the um world government guy with his freeze powers yeah, yeah. and he's just like go and he's like just remember to laugh it's even the- when it's sad and she's like trying to laugh and it's not it's not done poorly it's done well even though you know when you're uh, it reminds me of that awful moment in final fantasy <laughs> 10 when they're live la- but it's actually a good version of that like mm-hmm. they do a good version it is very strong some of some of the and the little glimpses i've gotten it may again makes me really want to go back and re-explore the whole thing
3: But it's so it's that level of just total control of voice and emotion and tone and character and on top of that like be like I say fuck George R. R. Martin Oda's world building is like better than Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. the way that all these powers and are kind of set up against each other and like the way they're maneuvering against each other it's like that's why they it was able to last for all these years that's why people go and lay wreaths at like characters fake graves at or at uh, at Universal Studios in Japan. Mhm. Like the the level of dedication and the and the the way that it reached these this height in Japan is understandable. Yes. It is that good.
2: Yes. And not not only is it that good, it's that prolific. I mean, when you just have a, a, a density yeah. <laughs> this this uh, this uh, heavy this much of of mate- sheer material. Mm-hmm. It's just more than anything, and it's not again. There's no uh, fat. It feels you know like there is in Dragon Ball. Like there's no um, uh, uh, just episodes of people just powering up. You know what I mean? It is nine hundred something episodes, and it seems like uh, there
3: is like an existing criticism because the anime because Toei is uh so paranoid about having the anime catch up to the manga Ah. like uh one chapter of the manga which is like a short weekly chapter um ends up becoming a weekly episode and so that takes what should be like an eight minute reading experience into like a 23 minute viewing experience and it kind of like throws off the, uh, the pacing uh, on weaker episodes, ah. uh, not only that, but like because the show is such an institution, they don 't really like go balls out with the animation mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of long stretches where they 're just kind of going through the motions, and just uh not a lot of animation is actually happening, a okay. lot of like lengthy still shots right, um, and
2: again, that would come from me really digging deep i mean, i 'm watching the hits yeah. you know what i mean i 'm watching strong the strong stuff exactly uh so I wouldn't know some of more of those uh those uh more down moments but it's, it's still there i don't think there's an uh, it still does i don't think it's the same as literally just an, an, an entire week of episodes of like a dude just going oh <laughs> just like getting stronger while everyone sits around it's like he's getting stronger <laughs> um okay uh so let's talk about it let's talk about oda and uh his his early life and how he came to create this uh unbelievable work um uh, born in Kumamoto Prefecture in Japan of nineteen in January rather of nineteen seventy five, uh, he he says he decided to become a manga artist at just four years old because he always, much like myself, <laughs> wanted to avoid getting a quote unquote real job. Fucking, I hear that, bro. We mentioned this before, but his biggest influence is, uh Kira Toriyama and his Dragon Ball series that he created, um, and he also really made it a point. To um, really dig into things that he felt ordinary people were into because he wanted to, as he put it, understand an average person's feelings and really get get an understanding of what the every person likes entertainment wise, which I think is really shows in his later work. Um, He also was very much inspired by a TV show that he watched as a kid called Vicky the Viking. This is a German-Austrian-Japanese animated TV series. Now, I bet you're wondering, how the fuck is an animated TV series German-Austrian and Japanese? Well, we will explain that here because that is kind of a weird, there's a weird tale to that. So, Vicky the Viking, it's a story of a young Viking boy who uses his wits to help his Viking crew to ward off a, a rival Viking lord, Sven the Terrible. It came from a Swedish children's book back in 1963, and what happened was essentially a Japanese animation studio adapted the original version into a movie and then a show that lasted 17, 78 episodes. They took this source material and adapted it, um, and and that is how it became. Uh, a sort of an anime, and it really was a gateway anime for a lot of people outside of Japan because it had this melding of different things together with the German, so, so, uh, Austrian source stuff with uh, Japanese animation, and uh, it was it's, uh, German. Like how duck. Um, uh,
3: Hayao Miyazaki, his first project that he ever wanted to really animate was Pippi Longstock. Yes, like the idea of like the European seas um, is is something that has always uh, kind of
2: hit Japanese imaginations very hard. Absolutely. And, of course, this was a German dub show and later uh, an English dub show. And it is actually, I love this uh, about this. Apparently, this is allegedly, it established the habit of English-speaking voice actors talking endlessly to fit lip movements of characters and not pausing for a breath or using verbal punctuation that that you have. This started that kind of weird, bad habit-ish of doing that with Japanese animation. Oh no, Speed Racer is behind
3: in the in the race and it looks like he's going to have to use his extra powerful magnets in order to catch up. Exactly, oh. exactly.
2: <laughs> I love it. It's like, I didn't even think about it until it was put like that. I was like, that's right. That's so weird. Um, I mean, it's been so long since that was
3: like the, the trope about uh, dubbed anime that like it's it's almost an, it's an
2: anachronism at this point point. Mm-hmm. and even as a, a, and back to Oda even as a young kid he was getting some success he submitted a character to the wrestling manga <laughs> Kunikuman. I can't believe Kunikuman, man keeps... ultimate
3: muscle for you for y'all Americans so
2: all those little pink figurines that you might have remembered in like the 80s An early '90s um, uh, that that we used to collect that my brother collected. M U S C L E. You may remember it as that. um, uh, He actually got a character on the original show or original manga, rather. um, He got a character named Panda Man in, um, and that actually would later become a reoccurring character in Oda's works, uh, much beloved because that was like his first small success as a child. Now, as a first-year student in junior high school, he began sketching out ideas for a pirate-themed manga in a notebook. And at the age of seventeen, this is 1992, by the way, for reference, he submits his work for the Tetsuka Award. Now, the Tetsuka Award um, this is a bit kind of a big deal for up-and-coming uh, artists in Japan. This is you know this really kind of gets your name on the map initially. He gets second place for this, and about five thousand uh, dollars if it was uh, American. Uh, uh, money, monies mm-hmm. uh, around for it, and this is a, a a work called Wanted, right? Wanted with an exclamation point. This is a gag western. Um, it has goofy, um, goofy moments mixed with like big shootout scenes. Uh, and he actually did it under a pseudonym, uh, Suki Himitsu Kikondo, which essentially, if I was to translate that into English, it would be Muntuz Wins Thurs Fry Satter. So essentially, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, in English, uh, just kind of as a, I, I don't know why he, I guess I think he was very shy, um, when he was younger, and I mean he still is. Yeah, its
3: photographs him are very hard to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's he gives interviews only in context of his work for One Piece. Like it's it's yeah, he's not um, he's not the most uh. Flamboyant creator.
2: Right, right.
3: Uh, I actually have some quotes from the original judges. Oh, uh, yes, I
2: saw that. I'm so glad you pulled those. Um, uh, Baronson, who
3: I forgot what he did, but that's like a guy who made a lot of like gritty, uh, mangas. Is, uh, it has a nice tempo and good characters. The drawings are a bit rough, but I guess this is due to his young age. Haha, joke's on you. His style will always be way looser than (laughs) traditional, uh, manga creators. Um, (laughs) I think he has quite a bit of potential for the future, so I'm looking forward to what he does next. Mm-hmm. Editor for Monthly Shonen Jump, Tado Tanaguchi says, It has a quite a good composition to it, even though it's done by a high school student.
2: Though I would have liked just one more twist
3: to the last fighting scene. <laughs>
2: um, I, I love those. There's something about... The, I was going to pull those, actually, but, but I ended up not. But I, there's just something about... Hearing that old criticism on uh, on now what is now the most successful manga artist of all time? Um, uh, so he ends up. Oh, wait, actually, do you remember? Um, wasn't it a fucking
3: JoJo guy, Iraqi, mm. uh, entered the uh, Shonen Jump contest? Mm-hmm. You know, the student film whatever contest, and and got a prize for also doing a western. Uh-huh. Oh weird. Right? Remember that?
2: Interesting. It's it's a
3: good zag. I wonder if you I wonder if Oda was such a nerd that he just like
2: went ahead and like, tried to copy that like, kind of Interesting. Well, I do know that he ends up going and trying to get a job at Weekly Shonen Jump Magazine. I was actually happy to hear that it wasn't uh, an immediate situation. He didn't immediately get a job there as an assistant. It took a, a few pitches. He struggled quite a bit right when he got um, into the working world. So I just wanted to say it's not all roses for Oda early on. But yes, he eventually becomes an assistant to Shinobu uh, Kaitani uh, on the series Su- He's on Police Gang. This is most known. uh, Katani, he's most known for One Outs, which is a baseball manga, and a liar game, which is about a contest where you get a shitload of money and you have to lie, cheat, and steal to try to win everybody else's money that they got who are competing in the contest. That sounded really interesting to me. After that, he ends up working with Nobuhiro Watsuki on Rurouni. Kinshin, I know I'm pronouncing all of this correctly. This is a romantic tale. Also known as Samurai X. Yeah, this is a romantic tale about a retired assassin. I'm, don't worry, Holden. We'll end up doing an episode on this one. Oh, fantastic. And also, uh, he was an assistant to Messiah Tokahiro, most known for a Tarzan adaptation titled Jungle King. Um, uh, and, and I will say, he learns a lot from these guys. And it wasn't um, all... A uh, smooth going for him. Like he got a lot of criticism from these guys as an assistant. Um, one, I remember one of them was like, uh, which maybe is why you were talking about this about his his women. Uh, one of one of the, I forget which one of these guys did it, but they were like, you don't none of the women you draw are pretty. <laughs> and so he like flipped out and just went and just went into his like play, just drew, drew all night for days, just trying to be able to draw pretty women. Uh, so I, I think it informed a lot of that sort of thing. And and he was pretty like outspoken it sounded like when he was younger pretty like he would get into a fight with you he would he would push back he would bite back early on um who's kind of it it sounds like one of those kind of young upstart kids i mean
3: it's it's uh judging from one piece like i can imagine he has big reactions to Mm -hmm. criticism mm-hmm Because that's the gag for literally every character. Um, Just everyone screaming half the time, even in quiet moments.
2: The the general note for his work early on was that it lacked substance. Uh, This is a quote from Oda. I'd watch Disney's animated movies like Peter Pan and closely copy the art. The animation in the Disney movies during the years when they would hand draw, everything is just magnificent. I'd watch The Little Mermaid frame by frame and copy all the facial expressions I liked as well as all the characters. Being a manga artist, after all, isn't just about drawing art in a manga fashion. We also have to be able to draw things as we see them, drawing things as if we'd photograph them. To train myself on that, I bought movie magazines and drew the faces of the movie stars who were in there. Not a portrait either, but a correctly drawn picture like I'd taken a photograph of them. Um, So he is just deep in training at this time. And this training leads to um, two one-shot pirate-themed stories, both called Romance Dawn. Romance Dawn, uh, which appeared, both appeared in Weekly Shonen Jump as well as in a similar magazine called Akamura Jump. Um, did, were you able to check out any of uh, the, Romance Dawn? Features Monkey D. Luffy as a protagonist. He's wearing the straw hat and uh, he has his rubber powers from the Gomu Gomu fruit and all that kind of stuff. And it's just little. It's like it's like blueprints essentially for what One Piece is going to be.
3: Uh, the, yeah, it appeared first as like a uh, also run young hotshot like here's the best of the next generation special and then they got a he got a follow up to run an, like a refined pilot in the pages of Shonen Jump mm. and uh he actually changed some stuff around that he says is because it was uh like the character of Shanks was replaced by just kind of this grandfather figure who yeah. gave him his straw hat um, right. even though Shanks was in the first version of the story and uh Oda says that was because uh, he knew that one piece was going to get in there, mm-hmm. and he wanted to make sure that people who read it were still shocked by the twist in
2: the first chapter. And, and and there's other things too, blueprinty things like um, there are two female characters, Anne and Silk, that are in Romance Dawn. Well, those characters are essentially combined to create Nami, yeah. uh, one of the main. You know, if you know the show, she's a she's a bit of a big deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um the 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 redhead that that joins the crew early on that's like uses her wits to, and cunning to kind of to solve problems and she's the navigator um and all that good stuff so romance Don's got early prototypes um of of these characters and things like that and um it's later used as the title of one piece's first chapter in volume and he originally as now now he's going into working on One Piece, Romanced romance on a bit of a success, and um, now he's going to move on to this. And in his head, this thing is going to last five years, mm-hmm. and he already has a planned ending. And apparently, the ending that is still going to happen eventually is is this planned ending that he had initially when he conceived it. I always love hearing that. I loved hearing that about Game of Thrones. <laughs> Uh, it's always my favorite to hear that, oh no, I have had an idea this whole time. I just decided to, I don't know, um, uh, Mucky D. Luffy's style stretch this fucking story out. Well, you
3: know, once you lay out this world, you can basically tackle any idea, any fun villain, any interesting location, any Mm -hmm. philosophy. Like you can, the world is limitless as he's laid it out. So as, as long as he's still making fun things that he thinks people will enjoy reading,
2: the story can keep going. It is, and it is such a cool world. I immediately, and it reminds me of our Lord of the Rings episodes Mm -hmm. that you can really tell early on he had a map and he based a lot off of that map and I always appreciate that because I immediately, when I saw... They're ex because they get into the explanation of the world even outside of my research in the show itself really quickly and are like look at this it's this one big strip of land going around going through the middle going through the middle right and then and then there's a like uh, what's the the prime meridian not the equator yeah yeah it's like that and then another strip of like is it shallower water Uh, or deeper water it's deeper
3: water oh god I this is this is what's gonna fuck me up because there's
2: the Grand Line, yes. where the Red the Line, world, The Red Line is the only continent in the world. It runs around it like a stripe, and it's a massive mountain range, and it divides the world into two separate oceans. The Grand Line is a sea that runs perpendicular to the Red Line, so it would make like an X when it intersects, and uh, that divides it up into four quadrants, the North Blue, the West Blue, the South Blue, and the East Blue. Then there's the Calm Lines. Yes, the Calm Belts, which run along either side of the Grand Line. I know, try to try to look up a fucking map cause, uh, while we're talking about this, actually. I, the
3: first time I looked at the map, I was like, that's not a place. <laughs> that's, that's a wrong world. Hey, Oda, you
2: fucked up. That world's wrong. So the Calm Belts, they have almost no wind, and they're home to the gi- many giant sea creatures called Sea Kings. So it's like a very dangerous place. And it's also a very dangerous place where the Grand Line and the Red Line intersect. Um, is the quite, reverse mountain. Yes, is quite dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. I believe. So anyways, just if you look at that on uh, uh the 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 map, the picture of the planet, it just is immediately like I- intriguing and, and really really cool looking. So anyways, uh at this point by the way, in our timeline, uh or at least as of July 2018 that is, he has revealed that the story is 80% done. Mm-hmm. And so, how how much longer does that give us if it's eighty percent done? Like four more years, then probably twenty. In yeah, theory, five years. Yeah, five years. Right, that it would the whole thing will be finished, which I feel like will be pretty pretty wild. And and he has said that he will cast things off with a massive feast at the end. That is another thing. That's what that's, happens at the end of every. Arc. Yeah, that's they always do, right? So oh. he wants to have a giant feast. Um, Luffy loves meat. Luffy loves meat. Oh fuck, did I say Luffy earlier? It doesn't matter. Ah, whatever. Oda purposely, by the way, and by the way, you have to know this about the show. Okay. This is a show specifically intended for young boys. Um or or, or uh teen boys. Shall no, we say? Y- shonen, young boys. Yeah. Young boys, right? So therefore, there's really very there's no romance in, in this series, pretty much. Um he really has always wanted to stay away from that. There are definitely shippers out there, right? Um, trying to, like, is, is Luffy going to end up with Nami or whatever? You know what I mean? Like there I mean, is that the most, going on.
3: The most vocal online ship is, uh, Zoro and Sanji, the, uh, cigarette smoking chef. <laughs> like if, in terms of actual romance, uh, but Luffy, even though he's supposed to be 19, he's like very chopped. Like yes. he's a very boyish protagonist who is, who's
2: listen, his only lover is adventure. Oda has said, "Luffy is Luffy is my ideal child. I wish all children could be like him." So screaming constantly, yeah. Either way,
3: and then like they'll and they'll do that thing where like like some of the characters get super horny as like a joke, like oh let's go let's go peep up some panties like but, yeah like, he does but that. that's like that's, that's like
2: Porky's or what you know
3: it's like no that's even it, I, it it's taken a long time to realize that like for some reason in Japan uh. Uh, violating the personal space of a woman is like a banana peel. It's just a hilarious yes. slapstick
2: a hundred, thing. Yes, 100%. That's why it may, maybe sometimes it's kind of hard to get women into anime because of that. <laughs> maybe, maybe.
3: No, but <laughs> sweetie, come back. No, wait, my explanation that your body is a banana peel didn't help?
2: So let's talk about Oda's creative process because that is always the most fascinating thing to me. And then we can start to and then we can go back to the upskirts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll spend another five minutes on upskirts. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go back again to the creative process. I mean now can you just
3: bring up some images of Boa Hancock? Just bring up some
2: boa Hancock And at the very end I'm going to describe the size and shape of my penis. <laughs> so Oda seems to really draw on I mean it, it
3: started as a go and Mary, but I gotta tell you it has reached a thousand sunny. <laughs>
2: Uh, so Odo really seems to draw an impulse He says first I drew this character uh, he, This is him describing I found this great interview with him Describing drawing something as he's drawing it mm-hmm. Right And he's just like first I drew this character waving it well, Who are they waving at? This other character Okay and then someone's rushing in Okay so there it is That's them rushing in And then the um uh you know And now when he colors it It's, it's kind of the same as well He uses coloring pencils by the way uh, Colored pencils to do so But it's very much just like It just, it seems to appear to him. Oh, this person, now this person's walking into the frame, and then this is how, you know what I mean? He sort of just splices it down. I feel like that is maybe more so after years and years and years and years and years of doing it. It Probably wasn't like that to begin with, but it just seems like he pulls things out of the ether um, naturally almost, and and puts them down on paper. Also, he pulls largely from the world around them. He says, I can't really separate my personal life and my manga creating life. Everything I do can be connected to my manga. If he meets someone interesting, he's gonna work that person in (laughs) to the work he's doing. Um, and that that's that's all all within his idea bank, as as he puts it. I've planned to create manga ever since I was a kid, so I have a huge stockpile of potential ideas. I never run out of ideas or worry about having to come up with a new setting. I have a book with all the ideas crammed in there, so I just open it up when I need something new.
3: It's and even though he does draw a lot from reality, it's the way that he combines all these disparate things yes. that you end up with like. Um, like, uh, the, I, I hope I'm saying this, the Skypia arc, where the main issue is we have this, like, kind of, uh, conquistador Aztec relationship where, like, uh, a kind of interloper from a foreign land is, like, taking advantage of the natural resources and gold of, like, what he deems as a lesser people, and the Straw Hat Pirates have to, like, kind of, uh, Uh, you know correct that
2: injustice by the way the straw hat pirates is
3: his pirate gang I don't think we mentioned that oh uh. yeah every in this world of pirates uh every pirate gang uh you know the captain and their nakamas (laughs) um nakamas are very important we should get into that um have their own jolly roger have their own ship have their own uh usually a devil fruit user as their head and they uh kind of have different uh, alliances and kind of levels of infamy, the wait, bounty
2: wait, system, which is great because if you have that pre-knowledge going in, if you just see a pirate crew, you can kind of figure out who's who and what's what, right? In a lot of ways.
3: But uh, in the Skypey arc, like the bad guy isn't just like some random European guy; it's this like long-eared Buddhist who thinks uh-huh. he's a god, yes. who has the shit, who has the face and attitude of Eminem. like it's literally eminem as the buddha with lightning powers in this conquistador setting in the sky like it's so much like it's he's just like it's it's uh it's it's like girl talk it's just that level of just like transforming from these found pieces something truly unique right um uh do you know about the nakamas uh please can you explain to so, our listeners
2: about the nakamas?
3: If anything uh uh because the amount of tragedy that permeates almost every character cuz who like who else would take to the open ocean if not someone who had nothing to, else to lose um the uh camaraderie between a, between crewmates is uh the word that is used throughout the series is nakama which the closest we have is like comrade but it's the idea of this person that you are loyal to, that you trust 100%. And it's kind of been used as, like, like it reached its popularity at, like, the height of Japan's kind of gross naval expansion across Asia. Ah. Whatever, but uh, whatever, bits and pieces. Um, <laughs> and uh, the it, it's like, you think the power of friendship is, like, hot shit? The power of your nakama is above that and uh you know in and um that that your chosen family i guess to use the pixar trope yeah that family is
2: wherever you find it and it's very much about that right i yeah. mean it is about because that's one of the beautiful elements of one piece is the crew starts out it's luffy wanting to be king of the pirates <laughs> and he he's heard about zoro which is a pirate hunter uh and so he goes and rescues him this is like the the first 3 episodes yeah, yeah. And and he's like, I want you to be a member of my crew. He convinces him to do that with him. And Zoro's like, So where's your crew? Like I bet you know whatever. He's like, No, you're the first one. <laughs> and it's like whoa whoa whoa. And then uh, they slowly amass crew member after crew member. And at this point, they're at eight, I believe, they're, or nine. They're up to ten. They they're just a, added. Oh, uh, they finally the fish added man, the Well, that's it, right? It's he. I think he said. Or it no, was, wait. Maybe it is nine. I I'm, think he said he was going to stop on, wait, at. 10. They got
3: Jimbei. Uh, Frankie Ch- Chopper, Usopp, Brock.
2: Oh, you're better uh, than me.
3: Zoro, Sanji, Nami.
2: I didn't put. It, I didn't write down the whole crew name. Nine.
3: I guess they're up to nine. Right. Okay.
2: Uh, and and, it's and gonna they have this bunny girl ten. And
3: like people keep saying Are they gonna add the bunny girl But like
2: they already added the fish guy You can't add two in a single arc That's nonsense <laughs> uh, So yeah that that is They that just is, got to Wayno country That is another big thing The slow amassing of the crew And I'm gonna actually Circle back around to this uh, Have a fun little like thing to uh, And everybody to on the crew
3: Has their specific role on the boat From like the uh, musician To the doctor To the chef To the shipwright mm-hmm. um, To the navigator mm-hmm. To the uh uh, what's, what's Wayne's, Wayne's wheel, Waynesman, Wainwright? Wayne, no. uh,
2: yeah. The guy who actually holds the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they just finally got that wheel guy. Holden Jerry, yeah, I believe yeah. is his name. <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, and the samurai samurai on your pirate ship. <laughs> That's what's so crazy to me is that if you were to ask me what is the most successful mm. manga of all time, what do you think it's about? I think the last thing I would have said was pirates, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what's so wild about this, which is why that is why the, I wanted to answer the question. What makes this the most successful manga? Right. Um, it, Cause that really doesn't, it, to me, that doesn't seem, and every time I saw a picture of it, I'm like, what is this? This is seems so out of left field. Compared to all the other successful manga and anime out there that are about samurai, that are about warriors with, with special power. I mean, that's all in One Piece. High school students with giant breasts. Yeah, that's all in One Piece, but but it's just, it's all on ships and with, with uh, skull and crossbones flags. Hence and my original thesis black, statement that One Piece is beyond anime. It's yes, beyond it's a manga. It it's is on its another own level.
3: Fucking thing.
2: So Oda, back to Oda and how he works. I wanted, I had a couple, a uh, little bit more tidbits to talk about here. Oda's specific process is he starts with storyboards and he sends those storyboards to an editor. If they are good to go, he'll blow them up and put them on manga paper, which I had to look up. That is 8.5 by 11 inch paper, big paper. There he adds in where the text belongs. He draws the characters, then he draws the backgrounds, which I think is very telling. Uh, and then, as he puts it, I try to have the least number of people possible touching the work. If too many people are involved, I often end up not being satisfied with the final product. Oh
3: yeah, fuck. That's another thing is uh-huh. uh tons of anime tons of mangas, especially these big properties that are that have these billion dollar merchandising empires at their back. They have tons of assistance.
2: Yeah. And like uh,
3: entire armies. Like the if anything, by the end of like a mature anime or a mature manga whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh like the original artist barely touches it. Right.
2: But he is so hands-on, and his staff is around four to six people. I actually got to uh, uh, find some really cool photos of the inside of his office, which is littered with, like star wars stuff um his door handle is shaped like the helm of a ship by the way you have yeah. to like turn the wheel to open the door um he he's got like these giant life-size like terminators and r2d2s and stuff sitting around and th- the whole place is just covered with artwork and memorabilia and just there's like not it, it feels like looking at uh, a, a single image from an episode of one piece right there's just shit <laughs> everywhere it's just it's so full of Of things to look at. There was
3: a viral image on uh, Tumblr God rest ye soul ye porno warriors um, (laughs) that uh, uh, showed like the original drawing desk of uh, the guy who makes Naruto and it was like this orderly drafting table with all the tools lined up Uh and like here's the desk of the guy that draws Bleach and it was another like orderly thing and like here's the one piece guy's desk just and it insane. was just covered in shit it's insane
2: he has a giant shark's head by the way protruding from the wall above his toilet which is rad as fuck you should definitely look up Oda's office if you get a chance um this poor guy just chained to his desk for exactly years. because that's the thing and I I don't know where I okay he uh, so so uh yeah he He uh, goes to bed at 2 in the morning, apparently, and wakes up at 5 in the morning to work on the manga, and apparently has been doing that for decades. Uh, He's gotten a little bit better at it now. He's starting to take care of himself a little bit better, and essentially what happens is as soon as he's done with the deadline, he'll take one day to catch up on all of his sleep and then go right back into the cycle. He said in previous interviews that he just survives on coffee and Coke. I think he's talking about Coca-Cola, by the way um and and again apparently he's taking more frequent breaks to recuperate and he's treating himself and he's exercising now and doing things to treat himself a little bit better but this is after decades i hear on his days
3: off he goes out to lunch and talks to other manga artists to talk about drawing fucking
2: comics (laughs) like that's all he does and he even wrote that if he's not drawing he gets really squirrely he gets really upset and he it's compulsive he has to draw he has to do this work oh my
3: god you know like uh um Since we started this podcast, like, when there's a day where, like, I don't have to do any work for my job and I don't have to do research for this, like, I just loudly groan
2: in ecstasy because there's nothing to do. (laughs) I'm just so happy. Um, He also, I like this about his work. He has a rule. He never tries to put any messages in his manga. I mean, stuff seeps through, I'm sure.
3: What? Dude. Like, the the morality of One Piece is so, like, I gel with it super hard. Yeah? Because it's about, like... What to do with personal tragedy? It's always like, right? It's always, uh, the it's always the straw hats, which is, things might have sucked for you, but like, it's up to you to like find new connections and uh-huh. make the world a better place. Versus, fuck the world, I like, cause all the villains have suffered. I'm gonna fucking destroy everything. Nobody else matters. Mm-hmm. Um, the world government is laid out like it might as well be a fucking uh antifa rally because it's literally about how this fascist government not fascist this militaristic government oversees the entire world uh puts basically the entirety of the sovereignty of other nations as like a, a puppet show and the government only exists to protect the interests of the celestial dragons a high echelon wealthy 1% that literally can break any law they want with impunity. And are the most corrupt fuckers that ever lived. It's fu- like it is, boomy. It is occupy fucking ocean. It is fucking rad.
2: <laughs> so all of this has led to 914 chapters contained in 89 tankobon volumes. Um, he actually did a crossover piece with Dragon Ball mm-hmm. uh, that was published in Weekly Shonen Jump, and um, uh, and the show gets an English language release by Viz Media. Um. Which is headquartered in San Francisco, founded in eighty six, and I love the history of Vis-Mita. Uh By the way, this is the the manga, not yeah. uh, I believe, yeah, not because the oh, TV show we're going to talk about. Yeah, wait a minute. If this show's so popular
3: in Japan, how, how come it's not as uh, well known as Naruto and Dragon Ball?
2: Right, I and and I'm still kind of blown away that they haven't fixed this at this point. But um, because I luckily I just finally broke down and got a Crunchyroll account, so I was I was just banging through. Yeah, these. yeah, yeah fucking but fuck yeah dude fucking new jojo bro fucking oh shit i haven't caught up don't tell me Goblin
3: Slayer, episode. dude. You oh got you got it. the goblin slayer Oh yeah
2: bonus bro. episode
3: go to patreon.com slash whizbrew <laughs> right now and listen to our fucking goblin slayer
2: gush <laughs> um but anyways viz media it's headquartered in san francisco founded in 1986 and it's a lot of uh, a lot to thank for the manga if you are an english reader Um, you have them to thank for so much of the manga that's made its way overseas. It was actually started by a Japanese man. He moved to America as a businessman to export American cultural items to Japan. So this is always kind of in the back of his head. He became a writer of cultural information, which led to wanting to bring manga to the U.S. He first published The Legend of Kamui, which is a historical piece set in feudal Japan about a renegade ninja um, which received mediocre sales in 1987, but he got a big hit with the comedy series Ranma One Half. That's, I, that you're singing the song of my childhood. Yeah. Those fucking Viz straight paperbacks. Fuck yeah, man. Ranma One Half. And then he broke the whole thing wide open when he was able to publish Weekly Shonen Jump as just Shonen Jump at that time uh, in 2002. And One Piece was already in the magazine by that point, so it made its U.S. debut with this occurrence. And, uh, yeah. And, and he, it had an effect on things. Oda actually had to start changing the shape of his dialogue balloons to become more rounded huh. so that he could, because of the, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. they it were super vertical. vertical with, uh, Japanese language. Um, and in 2009, they started releasing five volumes of One Piece a month just so that the U.S. could catch up with the books in Japan. They finally do catch up. And they also got published starting in 2006 all over the world. Australia, U.K., New Zealand, Poland, France, Mexico, Argentina, Spain, and Italy all have their own versions mia. of One Piece. I, that's a lot of meatball-shaped manga books. Um and the uh the this is the best selling manga series in history with 400 million copies of its Tenko Bonds sold as of May 2018. Four hundred
3: fucking it be million. It'd be the best selling comic of all time if it wasn't for the fact that Superman and Batman both have a good 60 year head start. Right. On it. it is
2: ridiculous because it is
3: overtaking it very quickly. Right. And it probably it will probably eventually. Right. Um, depend. I don't know. Depends. depends they launched on that, that Shonen Jump app service.
2: Ah, for like two, like it's
3: like two bucks a month. It's like it's like a pretty good deal. True. So I've been thinking about getting that. I mean, maybe we, we should save this for later. We should um, maybe get
2: that. How's the manga on Crunchyroll? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I just watch JoJo and yeah. uh, uh. Well, anyways, I'll check that out oh, and I'll get s- back to you.
3: Skeleton and Skullface bookseller Honda sun That's real
2: good. Time. Okay. So uh, the individual volumes, of course, continue to break sales records, and that's what brings us to the OVAs and the films, and then, of course, the anime series. So the first one was One Piece Defeat Him, the Pirate Genzak. This is directed by Goro Taniguchi. He is a notable Sunshine director, and it ran in the 1998 Super Jump anime tour, which is essentially... Uh, that, which essentially took the Jump Festa. Now, the Jump Festa is a big debut event for manga, anime, video games, etc. that I wish I could go to because it sounds rad. Uh, it drew crowds of over 100,000 people, and they would tour it around Japan as the Jump Super anime tour, and that's how uh, that first One Piece got around. Later in 2008, Toei would produce the first version of Romance Dawn for the tour. There was also a prequel film, The One Piece, which is all about, um, you know, the what's his name again gold gold d roger gold d roger thank you
3: um if you want uh, because they make these movies basically once a year um with a couple of exceptions uh I watched this due to a recommendation from uh, super eye patch wolf the very good anime youtube series uh baron omatsuri and the secret island mm. is a amazing one off movie awesome um it's directed by the uh by the guy who uh did Um, The Digimon movie and Summer Wars Hmm. and a bunch of other like really visually spectacular uh, anime movies. So it has a very unique animation style and its own unique energy. And I want to say it starts off basically like an earnest, like wacky comedy. Hmm. Like it starts off by like it starts off like save by the Bell Hawaiian style and ends as a fucking chthonic. Lovecraftian nightmare. It is fucking
2: <laughs> crazy. That's good. awesome. There are 13 films that have been released in Japan, um, by the way. Uh, and that is one of them. What, what's the name of that one again? Uh, this one is Baron
3: Omatsuri and the secret Island. alright I'm gonna have to check that, that one. Out. D- definitely seek it out. Uh, also I didn't get to watch this one. I'll probably watch it this weekend cause I've heard so many good things. Uh, strong world, which was actually, it brought in Oda as a writer. Because usually these uh, movies were kind of its own separate thing because Oda was working on the manga. Mm. But this one sparked such a big reaction that it spiked uh, One Piece sales huh. like for a year afterwards because mm. people were so crazy to have this movie.
2: Uh, so that brings us to the anime series. It premieres in Japan on Fuji Television in 1999 and has since aired more than 800 episodes Toei Animation produced it, and in 2004, it was brought to America. It was uh, uh by a little-known company called 4Kids Entertainment. I believe we've talked about them before. They also dubbed the first eight seasons of Pokemon and did Yu-Gi-Oh mm-hmm. as well. I think I finally said it right. You fuckers, stop sending me Facebook messages.
3: Now, 4Kids was under the impression that... um. Uh, rather than just kind of giving the fans the anime they wanted that like you had to trick American audiences into thinking the show was American.
2: Let's give uh, let me give you a little uh, idea of like the, the, what four kids is all about, right? This is a, this is a company founded in 1970 by Mike Germackian, who later created Thundercats and Stan Weston, who later created GI Joe to pitch toy and cartoon ideas to companies. And even people such as even humans, such as Farrah Fawcett, they were pitching as ways to just sell shit. They're hawkers. They're professional hawkers
3: their their name actually right now is not for kids but the for licensing corporation like the the mask is
2: off that's what it is that's what they do these guys are like just classic salesmen just with kids stuff and in the 1990s they were like oh shit anime is the tits right now and we need to get the fucking money train moving again so that i can fund this fucking obviously they have a cocaine habit Mm -hmm. um so they decide to capitalize on the whole english dub thing Uh, With the success of Pokemon in 2000, they actually entered Fortune's top slot on its 100 fastest growing companies list. Now, One Piece airs in 2004 on Fox as part of its Fox box. Later to get on Toonami in 2005, but production halted in 2006 after episode 104. Um, Now, 104, episode 104 in America is actually episode 143 in Japan because they were like, oh shit, This ain't actually, like, a kid's show. There's, like, mature content in this.
3: Hey, what do we do about this scene where the old man feeds his own leg to a starving child (laughs) as he cries about the unfairness and the uh, cruelty of the world? Yeah, we're we're just going to cut that out. Okay, and when this child is orphaned on an island and sold into debt, are we going to acknowledge that? Wait, wait, seriously? yeah Nami's story is fucked up yeah yeah we're just
2: yeah I think we'll just you know what fuck it let's just cut that out
3: and uh this guy uh, in the first episode um his arm gets ripped out of the fucking socket by a
2: giant sea dragon uh hold on a second oh fuck it's good fucking cocaine yeah, that's good fucking cocaine. Yeah, yeah, just cut that one out. All right,
3: and uh, what about this character uh, who's literally shown smoking a cigarette in every scene
2: he's in? Let's go rob a bank! <laughs> Let's rob a fucking bank right now, man. I just love hanging out with you, man. I just love talking to you, dude. It's just so interesting right now, man. Yeah, so they really botched the whole, fu- the whole thing.
3: Um, and I feel like the most iconic like personification of this botch is the pirate
2: rap. Um Mary, can you please play the Four Kids Entertainment like right from the beginning. Opening Dreamin', Don't Give It Up. Be Opening of One Piece because they decided that the awesome anime <laughs> opening music was not good for American kids. Can you please play the one of the most iconic theme songs in the history of anime? Can you please play not- the <laughs> the Pirate Rap? Yo! Got your, got your dreamin' Don't give it up, Luffy. Dreamin Don't give it up, Zoro. Don't give it up, now, Don't give,
1: no. it. give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up, give
2: it up. No. Here's
3: how the story goes: we find out by the treasure in the Grand Line. There's no doubt. The pirate whose eye is
2: on it, he'll sing. I'll be king of the pirates. I'm gonna be king. His name is Luffy. That's Monkey D. Luffy. King of the pirates. He's made a rubble. Oh, how did that happen? Yo ho ho! He took a bite of gum gum. His name's Olo, he's just like a samurai
3: and a -A lady. Nami's not shy. Usopp's doing that marksman thing. Sanji's
2: cooking. Chopper's doctoring. Yeah, so that fucking sucks. Yo-ho-ho, ho, he took a bite of gum gum. <laughs> God damn. It's so bad I left my ass off when I put that on because I <laughs> immediately saw the words pirate rap, and I was like, yeah, dude, that's going to be terrible. Uh, and then if, it so was terrible. If the poker rap was good, how come the pirate rap never caught on? <laughs> oh, man, it's so rough. Um, so, yeah, that was terrible. It did very, very poorly, and it's sad because, honestly, who's – is i mean can't this be remedied like can't they figure this out to distribute this on toonami with like a proper english dub with you know uh I, I just feel like they're sitting on a fucking one piece sized gold mine well, funimation
3: which we covered in the dragon ball episode which is a fascinating history mm-hmm. uh literally like basically the equivalent of an uh, anime insider trading scam uh-huh uh listen to our Dragon Ball episode because the story of Funimation is so fucking crazy and it blows my mind that more people don't know it. Um, uh, Did take a more uh, 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 by-the-book kind of retelling of it, going so far as to release the episodes that had already been covered by four kids as one piece uncut, (laughs) which has a lot of like weird swears in it, but they bring back, oh God, you can find side-by-sides where like, uh, someone's holding a gun in the old four kids. one. someone's like in the original, someone's holding like a flintlock pistol up to a child's fucking head. Um, and then in the four kids, they like changed it into this weird contraption where it was still like a trigger, but it was connected to like a spring, which was connected to a mallet. <laughs> He's like, I'm a bop this kid. Don't come any close. I'm gonna give a real boop on the noggin. And, uh, the Funimation run I think is I'm sorry yeah the Funimation run is still going technically Mm. but I think what happened was the death of the Saturday morning cartoon Ah, kind of kneecapped it yeah uh, and on top of that like because they were you know how many years hundreds of episodes behind it's so much work it's so much work. That It's the kind of thing that you'd have to release as like one of those syndicated cartoons that uh-huh. you watch. Like you'd wake up at 5 a.m. to catch it before you had to go to school. Right. You know, that kind of shit. Right. And
2: I don't think that exists anymore. That doesn't really happen anymore either. Kids are missing out with their, with their Fortnite and their ninja. <laughs> um, Fuck you, dad. I'm on TikTok now.
3: <laughs> Hit or miss. I bet he doesn't. Miss, huh?
2: <laughs> um, so, uh, but following the weirdest fuck current trend that's happening, it was announced in July of 2017 that there will be a live action series released in America with Oda as executive producer, beginning with the East Blue arc. What is happening? Why is everything getting a weird live action? series of anime in, in America. What What is this? Why why are we in this weird dystopian future? Uh,
3: because original concepts are poison. Why would I, my, my precious time on this planet is so limited. <laughs> why would I ever take a risk on something I'd never heard of before? Um, also, like game, I mean, if they actually threw the budget behind it and like gave it a Game of Thrones treatment. True. That would be amazing. It could be cool. Um, I don't think that's going to be it though.
2: So, I mean, this this series is uh, unbelievable. We've talked about it throughout this episode. It led to video games, soundtracks, light novels, art books, a trading card game. There's even a Hello Kitty collaboration uh it even has a theme park located in tokyo tower called tokyo one piece tower this is just such a massive sprawling thing that weirdly a lot of people don't know about but the people who know fucking know Mm -hmm. and it is it is just an unbelievable world to get involved in i highly suggest taking a peek at it at the very least if not uh, opening the doors to something that is seemingly endless to a new viewer i mean hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes and it's I good see, at the at the
3: very least give the manga a whirl it, it is it's again like i said master craftsman true like fucking titan of visual storytelling and uh it kind of reinforces the things that anime does uh, that manga does best this kind of mixture between children's entertainment and like real fucking honest like emotionally uh true storytelling
2: you know, I was on my Christmas break, as I mentioned before. I just actually flew in back in today. And uh, while I was home, I have a couple of uh, Lexi's nephews that I love to hang out with because for for five minutes or to an hour, I can actually talk to somebody about shit I'm interested in because they're big gamers and they love uh, anime and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I was talking about the One Piece episode. And I asked, by the way, shout out to Wyatt, Wyatt Naden. Aww. And I was talking to Wyatt and I said, you know, because he was he he really liked the the manga a lot. He'd read a bunch of it and uh, was really into what we were talking about. And I was like, so let me ask you, a 17-year-old boy, what is it about One Piece that makes it the most successful manga of all time? Mm-hmm. He said it's three things. The world, the characters, and, and this is the cool one that I didn't really think about that I realized it really is such a big part of it. It has a goal. It has mm. a big end-all, be-all goal of the One Piece. That keep, even if you're in an arc that you're not that into, at the end of the day, you're going to stick with it because you're, you're so deep in and you got to know You gotta get to that one piece, that treasure. It's like perfect. It just, you know, and and the slow accumulation of character uh, of crew too, and all that. You're like, oh, they're gonna get to ten. I gotta know what the next one's gonna be, and I gotta see this one piece moment. I've got to see it. I thought that was great. To me, I, I would add one little layer onto that 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 I know that Dragon Ball nailed so well of its perfect mixture of action, comedy, and dramatic effect. Mm -hmm. Definitely is a big part of that too. But I loved that. I love that he gave me such a fucking awesome answer to that question. And I think he's right. Dragon Ball doesn't have that. Um, uh, Does Naruto really have that? Like a big, like this, from the very first episode, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. I mean, he's, I think Naruto gets a little bit lost in the weeds, Right? Um, One Piece is always still about getting to the One Piece. Yeah you know and i think that 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 holds true and it really does much like so many of the other things we discussed in this episode well, just not only set not it only apart does, from all the other uh, not only manga does, and anime not only is
3: it just about the one piece every character has their own goal yes. that you want to see to fruition yeah, zoro wants
2: to, to be the best uh the, the ultimate swordsman right yeah. and and uh you know luffy wants to be king of the pirates by finding the one piece
3: sanji wants to get his dick wet i mean find the all blue whatever that means <laughs> Uh, you know, everybody, uh, uh, Nico and the Poneglyphs. We didn't even talk about the fucking Poneglyphs. I mean, we can't
2: at this point. There's a
3: lost century. I'm telling, like, the world building's so
2: good. And that's the thing. I know people are like, how is this not an 18-parter? But at the end of the day, like, maybe we'll come back to, to One Piece after I watch the ca- endless hours of material. And then we can really get into the weeds with some of this stuff. Um, or get into the nitty-gritty, rather. But uh, either way, this was a phenomenal – I had a phenomenal time doing yeah, this episode, this was a really good uh, – Doing week. the research for this episode it, it, and, and doing this episode with you, Jake. Oh, um, shucks. This was super fun and uh, a great way to end an incredible year of Wizard and the Bruiser. Um and thank you everybody for for listening and supporting us. I get so many great. I just caught up on my Facebook messages and I get so many wonderful great uh uh messages from people. Except for that one guy who screamed at me for not talking about Leslie Nielsen and Creep Show. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, shout outs to that dude. He said he was super hammered when he wrote me that. <laughs> um, uh, it's so many really wonderful positive things that I've gotten out of doing this show and it's because of you people Uh, that said if you want to support us further go on our Patreon patreon.com forward slash whizbrew and you can follow me on twitch.tv forward slash holdnatorsho you can follow me on
3: Twitter at BestJakeYoung, and hey if you like uh, my shibble shambles uh, <laughs> check out dropout.tv sign up for a free trial and check out Cartoon Hell the uh, cartoon I do a voice on
2: and uh, The Legend of Jared the first long foreign comic series I ever wrote Beautiful, beautiful stuff. All right, everybody. And remember keep on whizzing and never
0: stop bruising. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at
1: wellsfargo.com/activecash. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support